give yourself a reason to not do something. And I've made it a point to say, you are not your disorder. You are not your experience. You are not your history. You are not your past. You get to choose. In this episode, we will talk about having three mentors that believed in her, having OCD and Tourette's, which in this episode may happen with sudden movements, and paying it forward for everyone. We'll dive right into Bex Rose's courageous story, where all it takes is to take a chance and believe in someone, to know that paying it forward and doing what's best makes all the difference. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you get inspired and just with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Bex Rose. Hi, Bex. Nice to meet you again. And then introduce <laughs> yourself. Hi, <laughs> Tina. It's been a while. Oh, my gosh. Um, my name is Bex Rose. I'm a clinical director here in New York City. And we just work with families and uh, clients within the community of the five boroughs. And I'm an author. I recently published a book uh, that speaks to it called Mental Health Via Poetry. And I'm happy to be here today. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And um, what is like, I'm curious, like, what is your one creator story that you would like to share mm-hmm. with us today? Ooh, we talked about this earlier and yes. I, had, I had a little time to reflect on it. And, you know, I think it's so important to speak about my story of how I had to literally jump through hoops to kind of get to where I am today in Mm -hmm. my career and having to kind of be brave enough to take all of these steps simultaneously um, while also pushing myself to succeed because somebody believed in me and the power of that really, uh, fostered that courage to be honest with you and so yeah that'll that's kind of a little bit of what I was going to share today yeah no I can totally relate to that like some sometimes when you you just need someone to like take a chance on you and like dude you got this you got the power like you got this and so like the fact that someone was willing to do that for you and then you know be able to you know give you this path like a way to like Um, find you mm-hmm. add is like yes <laughs> it's crazy and to this day I still talk to them and they'll be like saying stuff in passing like you know Bex were you ever a diamond in the rough like it was just so funny how <laughs> uh, they'll say that but I'm definitely very fortunate um, can you tell me more about like how how did they how did it happen more... yeah how did it happen really like <laughs> how did they suddenly got into your life you're like Bex um <laughs> well it wasn't true love at first sight if that's what you're asking I got hella rejected hella dumped uh at first actually oh, um really? but, but wait by them or was it like- yes by all of them and they'll never admit that now but <laughs> they um when I was 17 and starting college right we mm-hmm we're all in our phase of like, what am I want to do with my life? And we have all these unrealistic expectations. Definitely. <laughs> like what degree will do what? And so I was in a psychology course. It was psychology 101. And yes. I was fascinated. I was like, oh my God, why is this coming so naturally to me? I freaking adore this. And Dr. Rodriguez, who was my professor and mentor, he stated 
that he was going to give undergrads an opportunity to do research with him because he's like a very prolific like researcher he had he actually like founded um like identity integration and Mm -hmm. uh, the articles around that and it's just uh so cool that I was like oh my gosh I gotta enter so the fact that he was he even like the fact that he allowed you or not allowed but like gave the opportunity for your class to like hey work with me you want to (laughs) so well, he was giving it to all his classes and oh, he was advanced classes, but I was in the little psych 101. So being me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to just try. So I yes. went up to him and said, I would love to apply for this. And I applied and he had me write like this whole essay and all this jazz. And the next day he's like, look, you are very bright, but. Fuck, I cannot really know what's going on. I know. On. I was like, fucking A. I hate, I, I hate. Don't start with the good stuff. Just dude, I know. The like, let me, let me, let me fucking walk away with shame. Oh, I so he's like, and I'm like, okay, great. And he's like, but he's like, I'm not going to give this to you now. And he's like, however, if you can prove to me that you are worth this uh, opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, you might, I might consider you in one of my advanced classes. So I looked at him and the first thought I had was like, F you, man. Like, I'm not doing this shit again. And then I thought to myself after, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to just, I'm just going to like, I'm going to be petty. I'm going to just go and take all his advanced classes, which I did at the same time. I took two of his advanced courses, personality psych and uh, health psych. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to rock. I'm not only going to get the highest grade in both classes, <laughs> but I'm going to reapply to that shit and I'm going to get it. And lo and behold, oh my God. your pain is though. That's so. Oh, and <laughs> mind you, I was also at the same time and I'm only like 17, 18 at this point. I'm also going to Mount Sinai to get a diagnosis of, by the way, that's not allergies. You have fucking Tourette's. And I'm like, what now? And <laughs> So I'm sitting here trying to deal with the fact that I have fucking Tourette's and OCD. I have all these stupid things on my head like that. Uh, yeah. Like plugs like, <laughs> and stuff. And so I'm like at my last straw and I'm like, you know what? I need, I need a win. Right. Yes. So I reapply and he's like, holy shit. He's like, you got the highest score on both my classes. You literally told me to go fuck myself. And he's <laughs> like, I want you to be my research assistant. And I was like, ow, all right, bet. And so... <laughs> Then from there, I had to, well, I had to continue proving myself, but he was always fucking testing me and I loved Uh, it. It seems like he was having fun doing that, apparently. He was really good at, no, he pushed me to be better. And yeah, it it was through him that I met my other two mentors, uh, Dr. Schmerler and and, uh, Dr. Owen. And let me tell you something. (laughs) These two also didn't believe in me. (laughs) And then to them too. And I was like, oh man. Um, took <laughs> like three. Years. I have no words right now, but I mean, they still took a chance on you. So fucking it. Yes, and you know his. That was actually his partner at the time, and you know I was in a in a time where I was super vulnerable because I was learning these things about myself. I was really struggling with my diagnosis and then also managing um all of the jobs that I was I, I had because I I you know I come from a family that's not rich at all <laughs> so we had to survive and so it's like we have that and then paired with the fact that I'm going to all these appointments that are fucking scary and alone because nobody believed everyone thought I was being a hypochondriac and, and at the same time I'm, I'm having to prove myself but I noticed that it's because they wanted me to do good and I never had anyone in my life tell me, Bex, you're worth it. 
you're going to do great things. I never heard that. And I was like, oh, you know, can I really do this? Are they just like humoring me? And honestly, they were like my gay daddies. They pushed me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have even gotten a master's. They pushed me to go to grad school. They sat with me on the weekends and helped me fill out my fucking applications. They took like, like thousands of dollars out of their pockets to apply to these programs and the GRE. So they, 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 they were, they put money for you to go yes. to grad school. Yeah. I know. Well, not the, not the grad school tuition. I got a scholarship for that, yeah. and I, which I'll, I'm paying until I die, but, um, they paid for like the initial, like the GREs and the yeah. fucking like the application process. Cause I didn't have the money. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I'm just going to go off with my bachelor's. And they were like, no, you need to go. You need to do this. And I was like, what if I'm too, you're like, what if I'm not smart enough to do this? And they're like, bitch, you are so smart. Like you need to do this. And take that from two gay men. Like you can't say no. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, <laughs> um, I'm going to apply. And I got in to the college that I actually wanted. Yay. And Dr. Owen uh, actually, I also got a bunch of interviews and Dr. Owen, uh, who I had to prove myself to at the forensic psychiatric unit in yeah. downtown Brooklyn, um, cause she didn't want to take an undergrad at first. I, she actually ended up driving me to my appointments for my PhD appointments. So I had like my little chosen makeshift family and honestly, they went to all my graduations. It is like, they even took me out to dinner and stuff. I was like, oh my like it was just so sweet and man I I gotta say I don't know many people that would just put money out of their pocket for you to get an education for yourself and the only thing they've ever asked of me ever was to pay it forward when I had the chance yeah and honestly I do in every every way I can and I will be forever grateful to that. And I still keep in contact with them because I love them all. And I just had dinner with Dr. Owen like not so long ago, actually. <laughs> and they got my book. <laughs> they were so happy because I was always writing poetry. That was the only way I was going to process my mental health. Yeah. But um, honestly, it's if, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even be able to advocate for my worth or yeah. self or even have become the supervisor, director, leader, mm -hmm. yeah. or the coach that I am. Um, and I get to hear it now, what I used to hear. Like, I have a clinician that I adore, and she never thought she could be anything. And I'm like, you're going to be a supervisor. You're going to do so well. And she's like, really? I was like, absolutely. We're going to make this happen. And so I'm finally in a place where I can do that. And it is so fucking rewarding is, is this do you think it's kind of like um like paying it forward like now yep. being in a position that you are able to do this for someone else now because you're in because someone else took a chance on you and now yeah I'm absolutely willing to take I've always been that kind of person but like now so I'm more willing to be in a place where I want to make people better for themselves mm. because I see that potential yeah and my favorite thing to do is teach and I do leadership development um I do mm. teach poetry as well I do teach um <laughs> different things I just try to have my hand and everything um, <laughs> because they also unfortunately gave me their overachieving gene so like 
it wasn't enough that I graduated. They were like, you better have honors. I was like, what now? And so I graduated with fucking honors and like all, like, it's just crazy, you know? And um, yeah. Yeah. So they made me this like overachieving monster, um, which is great. It's just, yeah. I think the only heartbroken situation is that I didn't stay and get my PhD. They wanted me to get it. And I was like, I'm not going to owe any more money than I owe. <laughs> Y'all better get out. <laughs> Y'all Wait, did not- you? Did you get your master's in like in private or public? Uh, I went to Fordham University. Um, uh-huh. So I guess like private slash like, I don't know. It's like distinguished, right? Um, I just oh, yeah, if it is. Because I usually it's a good freaking mean- school. It's one of the only master's programs in the country that's actually accredited for mental health counseling. So it's one um, of six, I think. And holy don't shit, only six Wait, out of the whole world or just? United no, uh, the United States. Oh, but still, it's is- hard. <laughs> master's programs aren't typically accredited for mental health counseling. Um, and yeah. I do LMHC, so I can practice. Um, but yeah, I I more so just focus on advocacy and writing, and yeah, you know, because being neurodivergent has been such a big part of my life, and they've accepted it every step of the way too. Yeah. And I just appreciated that because they gave me a safe space. Like I would stay at their house a lot and mm. we would have dinner a lot and cook. It was just really a sweet um, little gay family. <laughs> you um, said that you, you spend time with them a lot. Do you also like, I guess on top of like bonding mm-hmm. with them too, were, like, were there other people that were kind of under the umbrella as you with that mm-hmm. kind of took like that where they took you in, you know, how they took you in? Um, so honestly, I'm a bit of a loner. (laughs) I'm very, um, uh, self-sufficient and I'm hyper-independent. So I didn't really start coming out with being comfortable telling people I had Tourette's syndrome or that I even was neurodivergent until Mm -hmm. I would say like, even just a few years ago, um, it wasn't even until I graduated with my master's that I was like, yeah, no, I'm neurodivergent and I'm proud of it. You know, it it was it was a very long time because I was also struggling with my sexuality. And I was like, great, just keep piling it on, you know, this bag of tricks. And <laughs> um, yeah, I did have good people in my life. Like my mom always did the best she could. Um, my sister always did the best she could. You know, my aunt did. So I, my biological family in a lot of ways did the best that they could. And we all like just kind of got through things together as it would come yeah. along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was really the one that had to make it happen for myself. And I think it's so easy to give yourself a reason to not do something. And I've made it a point to say, you are not your disorder. You are not your experience. You are not your history. You are not your past you get to choose ultimately who you are going to be and you have to be like courageous enough to take that step and I knew it I was like nah fuck it I need I want to be successful Mm -hmm. I want to teach I want to publish this fucking book before I'm 30 (laughs) I want to like wait wait, did you already published it or not yet yes it's published I published it right. Before, I published it at 29. I was like, yes, girl. I published it the week before my birthday. I was like, fuck yeah, I made it. <laughs> you fucking made it before you're 30. Yes, 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 yes. That was a goal. Oh my gosh, Tina. Wait, <laughs> how long did it take you to write that book? Wait, was how long did it take you to write that book too? Five years. 
because five five years yes i'm just like oh (laughs) because it's the first in a a series of like mental health through poetry because a lot of times and this is one of the missions that i had is my mentors were all teachers as well Mm -hmm. yes so they were good at teaching and they were so good at explaining things in a way where if you, and the rule of thumb is if you can explain something to a five-year-old and they can absorb it, you are good. You you know what you're talking about. So I made it my mission as a family therapist, (laughs) um, you know, when I did work uh, with families to be able to like give them something digestible that they could Mm -hmm. read and understand. And Dr. Owen actually was one of the first people that ever read some of my work and even encouraged me to um, go for it. And the only other person that had done that was my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Schrindeman. And she wrote in my yearbook that is now burned except for her like little piece that she wrote me. Oh, I was because well, it- uh, I was a little dork, but um, oh, okay, it. wrote on my yearbook, send me a copy of your first book. I already know what's going to happen. And I kept that shit for 20 years and I shit you not this last year I went to the school and she was still teaching and I gave her a copy of my book in person and I have a cute little picture with her and she was like so happy and it was like thank you for believing that I could even write this teachers are so powerful teachers like mentors teachers who professors they're so powerful in anything that they do for their students what what she did for you yeah and then you came back 20 years later like here is my book thank you that ass i have a picture wait (laughs) (laughs) i can show you it's so i i love her so much for it and she she's like i'll talk to you on the facebook and i was like i love you (laughs) on the facebook (laughs) i fucking i just i just love it and that's her oh that is i surprised the hell out of her Mm. and gave her my book and she actually read it and uh wrote me a very kind message um but she always encouraged it she was like you need to write you need to keep it going and um I think that was the point of having the even just publishing this book was Mm -hmm. speaking to people that I wish I would have had that book I wish I somebody would have explained to me that it was normal and that Mm -hmm. what I was going through wasn't crazy and wasn't told to me in like a clinical way because my mentors accepted me unconditionally and it's that kind of love that you need doesn't matter where it comes from you just mm-hmm. need it and i i promise you will do so much and it it taught me to be brave and it taught me to take that leap of faith and say you know what these people believe in me mm-hmm. i can fucking do it and i took the leap and i applied and i took the leap and i went to publish it doesn't matter how many times i got rejected for any of these things yeah. they were like keep going yeah. and you know, it's very true that people would say the most successful people are the people that have failed the most in life. And holy shit, is that true? Um, like people look at my resume now and they're like, oh, it's so cute. I was like, girl, I fuck, ooh, I got rejected <laughs> so many times. Sis, my, my booty hurt. Like it is wrong <laughs> how much I've been yes. rejected. Like, <laughs> I cannot be getting rejected anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's, they they definitely saved my life. I will I will, um, or at least put it in a very positive direction because I very easily could have been a statistic. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Told as much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. 
your story is like it definitely reminds me of like I remember one time I haven't talked to her about my third grade teacher too that's kind of resonating with you it's like I do have a third grade teacher that to I haven't talked to her in a long time but her memory like like I think at the time I was struggling with math and she offered to stay after school with me to go over the class like go over the multiplications additions you know and, <laughs> and I was like every day after school and I was struggling so much and her oh. name was Miss Miller and I still remember her I still haven't seen her in a long time but like just what you said resonate with me so much of like having people who just just being there for you deciding to hey I'm I want like I want you to succeed I want you to thrive and just be successful in the future and you know it just oh god it just feels so good it you just, love Miss Miller I do and I haven't talked to her in so long and I also have like another teacher in high school high school as well too Miss Wilson as See, well some of the teachers be like <laughs> I remember like my Spanish class too I remember like Miss Miller Miss Miss Wilson too she's uh, she's such a joy I don't know if she's still teaching right now in high school but she is such a joy I love her like I was shit with in Spanish so bad in Spanish too, she she made it worth it and I don't know just her dynamic of a teacher just like it feels welcoming supportive kind and yeah like just you know hearing what you said is like having those people in your life can just make such a difference of right. where you see your like your worth yeah. versus like now and you become braver in fighting for things that you wouldn't do before yeah and I've noticed that there is a correlation between support and feeling shame mm -hmm. and I used to feel so embarrassed about my Tourette's about my tics because it was it's something that very you can't miss it right and so they would always tell me Bex, people are not going to understand it. It's a neurological disorder and it's going to take some time, but there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And they would always like accept that, but it took, it took me so long to not be ashamed of it because um, I would have to go out in public a lot for my jobs. And I will never forget. Like I worked with kids. I love kids. And I was sitting on a fucking train and this mom moved her kid away from me because she thought I was like ill or something and I was like ex I was like crying I was like oh my god like, no. like, and oh, I'm fucking harmless I look tough I look like this masked butch with like a motorcycle but girl I can't even get a motorcycle because I'm not stressed <laughs> and I just you like rather, let me live oh, is it like so like you if you were to get a motorcycle you can't because I can I can sit next to it I can't get on it I can't you know, and you know what's funny, and this is definitely like a, a blonde moment, like or like a, a very silly moment on my part. I yeah. studied for this fucking motorcycle exam because for some reason, even though I knew I couldn't drive, I was like, oh, but a motorcycle is different, right? So I'm studying for this fucking exam, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I can't get this license either. What am I doing? So, wait, so you, so you can't drive? No, at all, at all. No, my aunt, uh, my aunt tried to teach me how to drive her car and I almost killed us both. So no, <laughs> the answer is nah, <laughs> unless you want to see me on the news, I'll look real cute, but um, 
they always show a good picture, you know? So maybe yeah, that was a- <laughs> I can't drive. I can't do any, yeah. I can't operate heavy machinery and I can't do any physical labor that, um, because that of it, like heavy or something. Yeah. Is it mainly because it might activate your Tourette's mm-hmm. of like where any sudden movements could like hurt you? The safety of yourself kind of thing? Or? No, the safety of others more so because it's my shoulders that will move a lot or mm-hmm. my body or my feet. Like it, it's very motor. And mm-hmm. between you and me, I wish I had the vocal over the motor because at least the vocal, it could be a little fun. Like I could just be cursing up a storm or like going into church with my little cursing self, but I can't even do that. Like I have the motor tick. So I'm so limited mm-hmm. um, on what I can actually do sometimes. and. I used to feel so embarrassed to even go outside uh, because I would hate getting stared at and um, they would be like, nah, we're going out. (laughs) And and it was just very sweet. I think it helps that they were doctors. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was very sweet that they just gave me that. um, Yeah. That conditional love. And I love that you also have like people like it only takes one person. I swear to God, yes. it really does. Yes, it does. And I love Miss Miller, Miss Wilson for you. Yeah, thank you. But then I, you know, like for you, like I wish, I like. I think for me, like I get scared. I like. Oh, I'm so thankful, but I don't go to them and like still reconnect mm-hmm. or connect with them because there's like multiple. Like there was one, like yeah, in elementary school. There's another one in high school, and also in college too. Yeah, oh, and nice. so. And so that's where, um, yeah, like people that I, like, I think there was a one counselor in, in college where her personality was like, I want to be you. And then I never got to tell her that at all. And I think also, I can just also relate to your, can like with having Tourette's too, it's because I also have um, cerebral palsy. So it's like very light, like minor case. Like people don't know. Like right now you can't even tell because it's like I'm behind the camera. But if you were to walk around and more and is more observant, you can tell how my hand movements are, my legs are. Like it's sometimes I think I'm still kind of working on that to not feel shameful about my disability too. And mm-hmm. the fact that hearing you talk about yours and like not feeling as shameful as before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be no, no, in my head now as I'm talking with you. I'm like, I want to be that too. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Tina, I think you're an amazing human in general. Um, and no, seriously. And I, and I love that you even make this space for people because it's so important to have a safe space and, and to have something where people can be seen. But I also want to like, I guess, share like something that I did learn on my journey of having to constantly put myself out there because I have a big fucking mouth. Um, (laughs) It's like my best and worst quality, this fearlessness of mine that I don't, I can't tell if it's better or worse. I don't know, but it's amazing. um, I I had to learn. No, I had to learn this shit as somebody who has Tourette's and is obviously gay as fuck. So I learned you cannot control how people react to you ever, but you can control how you react to them. And it took me years for that shit to sink in, but Mm -hmm. it finally did because I'm stubborn, right? But I realized they're going to talk no matter what. I might as well love Mm -hmm. myself and just lean into it, but Mm -hmm. don't become it. 
And I what do you think mean by that? Leaning into it, but not become it. Because a lot of times people love to, and myself included, you know, I used to do this mm. where I used to just be like, I'm just this lesbian. And that was my entire identity. Mm-hmm. And that's all I would like uh, use to relate to people. And I realized how much I was limiting myself. And it's like, no, I am not just this gay person. Like I am a person that loves to write. I'm a person that loves to teach. I'm a person that loves to play board games with my friends. There are so many layers to so many people. Mm-hmm. And so what I meant by that is like, like uh, something I wrote before uh, in my book was like, your disorder is a part of you, not the sole purpose for you. Mm. So Tourette's is a part of me. My OCD is a part of me, but this is not the purpose for me. So yeah. I can lean into having this experience and sharing it with people and expressing it and being there for people, Mm-mm-mm. but I'm not the be all end all of that. That is not going to be the defining feature of me. I think a person's character is what should be the defining feature of them and what they choose to do with what they're given is mm-hmm. kind of what I feel is so strong and powerful. And, and, uh, that, that was just something I want to tell you because honestly it, it's, I had, to, it had to, Tina, I should have took years to sink in, but <laughs> I felt a lot happier walking outside after that. I was like, you know what? Stare, do whatever you got to do. I'm not, this is just one small ass part of me and you're missing out on all this other amazing pieces of the puzzle and I have so much more to do than to fucking worry about you you know plus now I get a seat on the train I was like fuck it now I'm just gonna all right go on (laughs) you don't want to sit next to me okay bye (laughs) bye bye (laughs) um Uh, thank you thank you for sharing that I love that it's a it's like a good it's a good reminder for me personally too to just like yeah my disability is just a part of me it's not who I am solely like one like there's so many parts of me that I love about myself and why not showcase those too like I shouldn't you know shouldn't be just focusing on one thing of me like there's so many amazing positive things about me and then I bring them out bring them out you know yes yes I love that song yeah don't 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 be on that floor right now I know. Like, was that, was that song, like, but it was that song like bring him out bring him yeah, out yeah that's exactly what i was like oh bring that out i'm from new york don't play with me because <laughs> <laughs> i will um no it's 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 so true and i think i also started to see my disorders in a positive light because when i was working with families a lot i would have kids that had very similar disorders mm. And I remember this one little boy who came up to me and he's like, Bex, you have what I have. And I'm like, well, you have what I have. <laughs> and the mom was like, he's never just come up to somebody before because we both had tics yeah. and he noticed it and he came up to me and I was able to do some really good work with that family. But like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This is empowering. Like, I'm going to, you know, lean into this shit and, and use the gift that my mentors gave me and take another leap and put myself out there and every fucking day I choose something that puts me out there like I stream on Twitch do you know how hard it was for me to get a camera like I was like uh I don't want people on the internet to see me twitching 24 7 and now I have a camera on my Twitch channel and I stream and my community is so supportive and loving and it's now a LGBT mental health safe space and I fucking love it 
Yeah. And yeah, but girl, it took me forever. Oh my God. I was like, so how long did it take you? Cause I was... it took me about two years because, um, I would get hate raids a lot. And, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know what a hate rate is, but like, uh, what is for... I don't know what the hell, what is that? So, um, Twitch is a streaming platform and you and and basically yeah. you have a camera and you can stream either a video game. I would just stream video games and teach people how to play games in a non-toxic way, but I would also do spoken word, um, yeah. poetry so that I can like send good messages, right? Yeah. Um, a hate raid uh, is something we call like a bunch of people intentionally coming into a chat and 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 saying hateful things, um, spamming hateful things. And it happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh. And anyways. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. Anyways, like that fucking sucked. And yeah. it was like over 300 people one time and it was overwhelming. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I feel like shit. And a bunch of my friends from the online community were like, you know what, Bex? Keep that camera on. And, yeah. you know, fuck that. And I mm -hmm. did. And I was able to kind of just stay grounded on that. And I remember everything my mentor said. And I remember, you know, everything people that I love have said. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay doing this. And so yeah. I put myself out there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, you literally used like, fuck it. I'm going to keep like the, your, your supporters, online supporters, like keep it on. And then like you said too, the minds of your mentors, in the back of your mind like telling you keep going keep going forward and everything yeah. yeah yeah like everything i do they're like no keep going and i'm like oh this <laughs> <Bitch> is tired <laughs> um <laughs> makes sense. my legs hurt like <laughs> let me sit down um yeah no it, yeah. it's quite a while uh, quite a while to uh do that in a in a, in a place where i felt um, empowered and, and I think if nothing else doesn't matter what you are going through and what you have happening in your mm -hmm. life if you give yourself that grace mm -hmm. people can't take what you don't give them and it is so important to remember that um yeah yeah thank you Bex just like honestly just <laughs> thank you for sharing all of this like it's it's so healing to hear and just like it's just like this waterfall and I love a conversation drama like, and good stuff like, yes it's so that's funny I can't even I can't even say anything like that um so yeah. as we're like closing in right now mm -hmm. um what is your one takeaway that you would like to share to the audience I feel like you've given so many of it already not the whole conversation <laughs> but I mean why don't it doesn't hurt to hear another so um the main takeaway here is honestly, if you have someone in your life, no matter how minor it is, that believes in you, hold on to those people and cherish them because they're the ones that are going to be there for you. And if you don't need that and you're in a position where you notice somebody who is struggling, challenge yourself to take a chance. And you'll be very surprised with what comes of it. And I promise you, you won't regret it. That's my two cents. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'd, I'm definitely going to take that to heart for myself too, because <laughs> that's definitely what I need to 
I'm glad. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. We really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation and would like to leave a review wherever you're listening, so we will, I would really appreciate that a lot. So um, look up. Thank you. And look up for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to know more about Bex Rose, please look in the description for more information and for the links.